This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Do you want to learn how to optimize your performance through spirituality? I have an amazing workshop coming up on August 17th. And it's free workshop. You can join online and I'm going to dive deep in understanding and sharing with you principles on how to truly create effortless action, which leads to effortless success, how to get out of the trap of the grind and the hustle, how to get out of the trap of thinking you have to work harder, trading your time for money, and how you have to put more effort in to make more money. I'm going to share a whole different reality and a whole different experience that I've done personally, and I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs do the same thing. So in order to register for this workshop, please go ahead and check the show notes and you'll see in the show notes right on the top, I have the link to register for the workshop. There will be a replay available for 72 hours after. So make sure you register to join me live on August 17th. Look forward to seeing you then. What up guys, Dr. Vic here. Excited to have y'all here. Listen, tune in with me each week. We have someone that we're sharing an interview with that we had to share their wisdom, their work, and what they're doing for the world to share with our listeners. So this week, I had an honor to talk and hang out with Dr. Reza Abraham. 
And it's one of those things where he talks all about, we got into about how to be in control, how to take complete control of your life in your career. We discussed the different aspects of when it comes to the three pillars that he taught or the cornerstones that he teaches and shares. We talked about how to let go of bad experiences and so much more. And, and, and I think this was just very valuable information that he shares um, for everybody. To, to use in your personal life and in your career or in your own business. And I'm excited to get this interview out to you. Dr. Reza is a Persian author, speaker, ultra-high performance coach, and the founder of Ink Control Group. His first book is a result of 20 years of studying and working with different individuals. He's been invited to speak on personal growth and leadership by global companies, including AIA, Dell, DHL, Honda, KPMG, Laurel, Mazda, McDonald's, Nielsen, Petronas, Samsung, Shell, Toyota, and more. He's a graduate of the University of Science and Technology in Iran, Multimedia University in Malaysia, and MIT in the U.S. Dr. Reza lives in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is a great convo. You're going to love his energy. You're going to love what he talks about and what he shares. We even get into the depths of the differences of what um, makes someone who's ultra successful or ultra high performance um, versus someone who isn't. And what is the things that you can learn to become that? So I'm excited to share this with you. Here is Dr. Reza Abraham. Dr. Reza, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Victor, for having me. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I know we're already just having some great convos right before even getting started here. And uh, uh, you got a book out, In Control. I can't wait to talk about that. And, uh, you know, for my listeners, they know already how I work. I get right into things. I don't waste time. So we got some good stuff I can't wait to get into. But before sure. we do, how'd you, how'd you get into what you're doing today? Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so the journey of myself has started as, uh, because when I was in my early 20s, I started as a junior management consultant, you know, so all the way I was working with a number of organizations, serving many companies. But one thing I had that uh, it was, I, I had this opportunity to always work with the companies that, you know, you go inside, you see two leaders in the same organizations. One of them is like an average performer and the other one is like ultra high performer. So I could always see the contrast between these people. And uh, this whole journey of uh, in control got started when I was not very similar to many of the other authors out there uh, where, you know, if you see like most of the authors always start the, the book with saying like, you know, I've gone through this massive trauma. I have gone through these problems, divorce, loss of the loved one. And then I, I, I transform my life, you know? So that's, that's how the stories get very uh, like, you know, you can, you can resonate with the story very well, but I wasn't like that. I was having a great job. I would have a very lovely family. Everything was perfect. Like I would say, you know, anything that I was doing, it was in a really, really good situation. Until I met some people who are in an extra level higher than me, meaning that, you know, they are living an extraordinary life. So I started this journey of interviewing some of these top leaders or ultra high performers. I asked them like, so what drives you to reach to that point? And uh, the conclusion was that all these people are pretty much in control of the life and career. And when I say in control of life and the career, this is how you can actually tick it, whether are you living an in control life or not. Number one is, do you love what you do? Which many people, they love it. The second one is that, do you love who are you doing it with? which is your colleagues, your subordinate, your boss, you know, whoever that you are doing the whole life and career with. 
And do you love who are you doing it for? It means your customers, you know, your stakeholders, the company, the country and all. And finally, do you love how are you doing it? It means when you do it, how long you do it and where you do it. So that I noticed that all of them, they have in common these four questions. And it means that they're living an in-control life. And you know what? The past two years has been a journey to put it down on a book and make a system around it. I love that. And you bring up some stuff that uh, it's something in my own programs that I do. I always talk about how, you know, like, how do you, how do you, you know, how do we get to that level? How do we, you know, be on fire? And I always say, well, you have to be on fire. You know, you have to be incongruent what you love to do because there's mm. emotions and all this other stuff that follows it. And uh, it, it just sounds like those, those individuals do that because they're loving oh, yeah. what they do. Right. And every aspect, I love how you had the four questions. It wasn't like, Hey, do you just love what you do? Yeah. I love what I do. Okay, great. That's the answer. No, it was like, here, 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 and here in different elements to answer those and to see if they do. And if they do, then it's like, yeah, what resistance do they have, right? What things are yeah. holding the, to create that, uh, the, the chaos or the disturbance or the distractions that pull them away from having that ultra uh, successful right. life. Yep. 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 You see, you see uh, what's, what's interesting, Victor, is that most people, they do have some of these elements, you know, but they don't have all of them. And the question that often I will get is that people say, like, is it really possible for anyone actually to get to such points? The answer is yes, of course. But it doesn't happen by accident. It's an intentional process. It means that you're pursuing that journey. Even if you ask me right now, am I living such a life and career? The answer is no, of course, because it's a progressive journey. So you have to kind of like tick, 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 tick. It's like a scoreboard, you know, until you reach to that point. It's a pursuing of that kind of like ideal situation you bring up a good point do you ever get to a point though when you feel like yes i'm there um at some point yes and uh, you have to really uh work on it you know it's it's like for example somebody asked me like you know do you love your life your wife so yeah of course i love my wife do you love her all the time at the same level the answer is no you know you get into fights you you will have so so it's an ongoing journey you can't say like okay i already uh reached the point of like living an in control life all right i can just like free and easy do whatever i want you know so it just fall apart you know it's an it's a, it's, a, it's ongoing things I love how you bring up the love thing because I talked about it years ago in relationships. I'm like, you don't always love your your spouse, your partner, your wife, your husband, oh, yeah, whatever. And they're like, no, I always do. I'm like, BS. I'm like, next time you're very frustrated <laughs> and you want to kill them, ask, okay. ask yourself that question. Do I really love them at this moment? And mm. I'm like, that's being more at authentic. At that moment, that's yeah, the point. Right? Yeah. Now, we all go through that. Um, no, I love that because it's, it's really, you know, the, the aspects of for me. And the reason I asked you that question is because I know for myself, I, I talk a lot about this where, um, you know, everyone's like, Who'd you, you know, this is more of a Matthew McConaughey thing, an actor. And he mm-hmm. talked about when he won his award in 2015, he said, someone asked him, who's your hero? And he really thought about it after a while. And he's like, it's me 10 years. And then when he got there, he was like, who's your hero? And he's like, I'm not even close to my hero. It's another 10 years. And so that's where my mindset goes is like, you know, there's things I'm like, why ever be satisfied? And I think in some point in life, you have to, like, you have to find a point where you're like, because if you don't, you're always chasing and you'll always have, like, you'll never be like, like, there's a point where you want to continue to grow. But it's like, what I mean by satisfied is like, hey, I'm good where I am, but I just love what I do. Like, I'm good. Mm. I can stop, but I still love what I do. And yes. I think that that's, but that also comes back to what we were just talking about, where the whole loving what you do, people you're around with and all those kind of things. 
Yeah, you, you know, you know what's, what's something very interesting, Victor. Here is that a lot of people are talking about like arranging, reaching work-life balance, right? Which we all know that this is almost like an impossible thing, and especially what happened during the COVID, you know. So now people start to realize that hey, work-life balance is a total nonsense thing because you're trying to separate the work and the life. So what what's the pursuing is that is about work-life harmony. It means that when you love what you do, you don't really care. Am I really in my work zone or am I in my life zone? You know, so you're not trying to separate these two. It's kind of like a marriage that when you enjoy the people that you spend time with, you enjoy what you do and enjoy how you're doing it, it really doesn't matter, you know? So it's a, it's a, you have already reached that harmony and that's, that's beautiful. You know, you know, when you have reached there that you are not struggling and nobody needs to convince you to stay motivated or something. No, not at all. I love how you bring that up. That's something I'm really big on is like, how do you, cause you can't, you can't, you never want to separate. You always want to keep every, you, cause it's like some people say you have your professional hat and then you have your personal. And I was like, when I was mm. first getting into chiropractic and, you know, learning from a lot of the greats and, and listening to a ton of people, I was always like that separation though. I'm like, that's not me being me. Like, how yeah. can I be me all the time? Right? right. And then work on, and it wasn't easy. Cause sometimes it's like, Ooh, I, I, I got to work on this on my personal side. I don't want to show that on my work side because then I may come off a certain way. So let me let me clear it up here. And then I'll be like, OK, I'm more congruent or you know, something along those lines. But it's funny how you bring that up, because it's one thing you can't work life balance is more about just where can you put your energy all the time? Because it's always mm. changing. Right. Sometimes yeah. you may have to put more focus on work. Sometimes you may have to put more focus on the personal. Right. Things come up. There's demands of what you may have to serve. But at the end of the day, the goal is try to just keep that energy. I was like in a circle. So it's always staying in good balance. Guess good balance for the lack of better words or mm, harmony, yeah. harmony to keep it better yeah. harmony. Har- harmony is a better word. Like, you know, just now you mentioned about the energy, right? So work-life balance is mostly about time management. So you're saying to people like, you know, okay, nine to five, I do this. And then six after that, I'm just going to enjoy my life. Right. But Work-life harmony is more of like energy management is where you put the energy there. And that is beautiful. Once one, you see the biggest realization that I have, I think I, I first learned this one from Zig Ziglar, you know, when I was in my early 20, I attended one of his seminar and he said something very interesting. He said, most people, most people, they complain about lack of time, which is not really true. It's a lack of direction. It means like, where do you put your energy on? So if you put your energy in a wrong or a, the, what we call that stupid uh, activities, you always feel like you're wasted and you reach to the end of the day, you have done a lot, but you feel like I have done nothing. So that's, that's where like, you know, energy management and work-life harmony is like really close to each other. No, this is, uh, I'm gelling with you, man. That's a, that's what I speak all day. It's, it's something that people just need to understand more of, because it's like, sometimes even with energy management, it's like knowing where you I, I guess I'm, I'm at a point in my st- my life now where before I was very strict routines, right? Like, this is what I do. This is how I knock things out. And I'd be very focused and very centered on what I did. But now I'm coming to a place where it's like, you don't have to be rigid. Sometimes I need to do this. Or sometimes I'm in a place, like I'm writing my third book right now. And there's times where I'm like, I'm in a really good place to write right now. I'm going to take advantage of this. Well, I got all these things mm. to do. Uh, that's going to have to wait. I, I'm in a great place to write. And then all of a sudden I'll write like two chapters, like nothing within a couple hours. And I'm like, sweet and then when i try to routine it and sometimes i'm like oh man i'm struggling to get a chapter out i can't even i'm three hours in and i'm only halfway through hot and it's like this has been teaching me in the last few years like stop being rigid now i don't know if that's uh, good advice bad advice but it's one of those things where i'm like it's learning how to be in that flow 
and, and, and mm. just learning how to yeah. just take, but that's kind of where I'm at in my life. Like just going, where am I at? Where, where, and it's not about how you feel. Like sometimes people say, don't go by how you feel because you'll never do anything um, mm. or you'll just be very chaotic. And I'm like, the feeling I'm talking about is an energy. It's, it's an, it's an intuition. It's, it's like, Hey, this is what I feel. This is, this is where my, my energy is going that I'm being attracted to. Let me dive into that. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really true. That's really true. This is like, you know, you're, you're emphasizing on like how our priorities change through time. So like how a people's drive driver change, you know? So one of, one of the very funny things that I always like, uh, when I'm talking to some of the leaders, uh, they're always asking like, you know, I'm looking for a motivational speaker to get to my team. You know, I really want to motivate them. I know what I always tell them is like, you know, motivation is really like a crap. If you're working with the high performing people, they will tell you like motivation is a, really is a crap. It means that it's like a taking shower. You take a shower in the morning, you take a shower in the evening. It's just that long, you know, but when people find what is the driver, they can actually do it all day. And, uh, you know, for some, some, some people, what I always ask me is like, so how do you find your driver? The answer is this. You just ask yourself, what is the one thing or one person that you are not willing to sacrifice it for anything else in the world right now, right now. So like, for example, if you ask me right now, the same questions, I would say my two sons, you know, so my sons now is my driver. So whenever I feel down, whenever I feel like my energy is not in the place, right? Frankly speaking, Victor, I just need to spend about an hour with them and I'm good to go. And I'm very, very good to go. Yeah. But if you ask me, like, has it been your driver all the time? The answer is no. If you ask me like seven, eight years ago, it was a different thing. And if you ask me like two years from now, it could be a different thing it's because our drivers is keep on changing. So the way to keep your energy up is to first find out what's your driver. I couldn't agree with you more on that. I mean, it's, 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 you know, motivation is doing something, you know, getting external energy or whatever, or, or drive to uh, do something you don't want to do where mm, you're yeah. talking about inspiration where it's in spirit. It comes from within Got you. It. Got that's it. A, Got that's, it. That's, an, that's infinite. You never run out of energy. You never run out of that. That's so true. let's, let's talk a little about, we were talking about the three, I think there was the three pillars or the three elements of your book that you guys broke down. Love to dive into that. Let's, let's talk to me. Tell me a little bit about the, 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 the essence of the book. And then, and we, if you don't mind diving into those things. Oh, sure. Yeah. So the book basically starts in a systematic way. And when I say the word system, uh, this is a lesson I learned many years ago from this guy by the name of Bob Burke. He said, system can help an ordinary person achieve an extraordinary result predictably. It means that you can actually predict the result. And it doesn't matter whether are you talented, you're smart, you're good looking or what, right? So it doesn't really matter. It applies on everybody. So the center of in-control system, it starts with the consciousness. It starts with an awareness, meaning that you come to these realizations that, hey, there is such a life exists to be in control of my life and career. And uh, what does that mean to be conscious about it? When you come to these realizations that, hey, you need to take full responsibility for the things that you can control and you stop apologizing or use it as an apology for the things that you can't control. As simple as that. And it applies to every aspect of our life. It's simply to any topic you talk about it, you can say, okay, I'm in control of this. I'm not in control of this, right? So now you are conscious about this. Then we have three cornerstone. So that's the core. We have three cornerstone that without them, life just simply loses its meaning. The first one is contentment, which is all about happiness. Because 
it doesn't matter what you do. If you're not happy about it, it's, it's nonsense, right? You know, we don't want to do something that it doesn't make us happy at the end of the day. The second one is conversion, which is growth. It means that although you are not making a lot of money, at least you're growing, you're getting better day by day. So there is this growth mindset thing is always appear there. And the third cornerstone is what we call it as consistency. And that is something that I'm sure even in your, when I was listening to some of your works, right? You emphasize a lot on discipline, you know, and you know, if you don't have discipline, nothing will happen. Nobody can write books without discipline. You know that how much discipline you require in order to get it out. So this tree it's a cornerstone of the system. It means that without them, it just the whole system is keep on falling apart, right? You're not happy, you're not growing, and you're not consistent. That's why we call them as a tree cornerstone. Then we are 12 pillars that we are talking in the book itself. It is start from some of them, which is related to your work, some of them related to your life, which I'm not going to go through all 12, but just roughly, if I want to tell you, like those that is related to our life, we talk about like cash, we talk about condition, we talk about um, character, communication, then some of them is purely related to your work, like cooperation, communication, um, uh, what we call companion, um, what we call that uh, contribution. So we have like 12 of them that under each one of them, of course, there are so many things, so many hacks and lessons that we are sharing with them. But generally, that's the structure of the, the, the whole system. There's a core tree cornerstone and the pillars, which for every one of us at the different stages of life, we might need to work on different, different pillars. So, that, so one of the things that I explained in the beginning of the book is that you decide. So there is an assessment for you to go through. So once you go through the assessment, you decide where you want to start because it's impossible somebody to take care of all these pillars and corner and, and the core and cornerstone. But the most important part is that once you become aware that this is going to be like an interesting journey. It's a growth journey. Then everything is start to come together, you know, just, just nicely. I hope you've been enjoying this amazing episode. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. This is Donna Green, and you're listening to Real Relatable. People often look at us and think we have it all together, but we are all facing struggles or battling various life circumstances. This podcast is to let you know that you are not alone. We're here to celebrate the wins, pinpoint moments of growth, and challenge one another to be true to ourselves. As we navigate our individual life's journeys, there's a time to break down the barrier and share so we become that much more real and that much more relatable. All right, information, you can find out more about this in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. But now let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. I love that. That's awesome. And I, you got, I love the, the different elements you bring to it too, like the 12 different, how you explain that in life and so forth. Um, when it comes to then, you know, you mentioned growth a, a lot. And, mm. and I like this because we were talking a little bit about this before we got on too, about like growth mindset, letting things go. Why, you know, how do individuals handle, you know, when it comes to ultra successful, when it comes to something that they experience in their life, um, that may be a bad experience or something negative, or we look at it <coughs> as something low vibration or however you want to call it. Um, hmm. how, what are things that 
uh, they do or to help them individuals to continue to thrive. Whereas some other individuals, when they go through something like this, it decimates it, decimates them. It just, it, it, they, they get rigid, they condition, and then they put themselves in a box thinking, well, this is what happened. And I seen it happen here again. Uh, this is just what my destiny is. I guess this is not it. So how, how, what, what is, what can an individual do um, with those kind of experiences? Sure. Um, uh, Victor, have you, have you watched the movie called The Mask of Zorro? Do you remember that, that movie? There, isn't there a couple versions of it? <laughs> the I remember the original, know. the original one with the, the black and he had the black little thing on. I mean, it was yeah. like, I, I think it was like in the 60s or something. I remember the original. Okay, no, not that far. Not that but then far. there's another the one, one with... Uh, Tony Banderas. Yes, Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Banderas. Yes, that's the one I was thinking uh, of when Antonio. you first said it. Yep. Yes, the catching Zeta Jones and all, right? So there's a scene in a movie that uh, the, the, the Hopkins is trying to teach Banderas about, uh, you know, the Zorro Circle. Or they call it as a circle of control. Yeah. So uh, it's, if, you, if you go and watch the movie one more time with this intention that I'm setting up here is that he explained about something very interesting about the Zoro circle, the circle of control. He said that you can only get out of this circle once you learn these skill sets, you know, then only you can move out. So the way the way the regrets and the past experiences in our life work. It's exactly works like a Zoro circle. There is a, there is an inside part of it, which we call it as the circle of control. It means that you have full control of how to deal with that. And there is an outer layer, which is the circle of concern. And you have no control over that. Let's say, for example, it's a loss of the loved one. You be worried about it. You'll be unhappy about it. What does being unhappy about it even help you? Nothing. You, you have been upset about it for a while. It just doesn't work. I have met a client, Victor. This, this is a true story, you know, a few months ago. The guy has a trust issue. Can't trust anybody, anybody. Like, you know, so they have like an extreme high, inter, high turnover in the company simply because people can't stay there. The guy doesn't trust anything. He micromanage everybody from C-suite goes all the way down. I met him. I asked him like, why you can't trust your team? He said, I've been cheated about 20 years ago by someone and I just can't let it go. I said, but you have to let it go because otherwise it's going to hunt you for the rest of your life. Why don't you give the guy, the guy just a call and tell him that I, I let it go. He said, I can't. I said, why not? He said, the guy died. <laughs> Man. Can you imagine, Victor? Can you imagine? You are holding grudges on someone and let it ruin your day when the person is dead, man. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay, look, look here. Let me help you. I, I know what to do with this. So he said, uh, okay, okay, don't, don't tell me forgive, forget fast. I know that formula and it just doesn't work. I say, you know what? I am 100% agree with you. Forgive, forget fast is a total nonsense. I have never seen anyone who forgive and forget very fast. They said, I forgive and forget you, but actually they don't. So what is the mechanism behind it? So there are three steps that people need to go in order to let go of something. But I will explain exactly what is the meaning of let go. The first step is that if you want to let go of something, you have to remove all the reminders. 
anything around you that reminds you about that person or that thing or that experience. So you have gone through a bad relationship, let's say, or you have gone through a divorce, a loss of the loved one. If you keep on putting all those things around you, do you think you can actually let it go? Because what you see is what you leave, right? So everything around you is kind of like keep on reminding you about that thing. So the first step is to put everything aside. Put them aside even for a while. Just put them aside. I'm not even asking people to go and burn the things. Like, you know you know, some people, they say like, go and burn it, throw it, uh, the, the ashes on the ocean or whatever. Okay, these are all nonsense. Yeah, so that's the first step. The second step to go for it is to stop talking about it. This is where the things are a bit getting harder because a lot of people, when you tell them to stop talking about it, you know what they will say? But that makes me feel good. I say, yeah, it makes you feel good. You know what is that? It's like you are having a wound on your body, on your skin, right? And then the wound is healing, is getting dry. Every time you scratch it, it feels so good, right? It feels good at the moment, but you know what? You are basically refreshing the whole wound. It never gets healed if you keep touching it. So therefore, that's why they always say, when you are with someone, take care of your mouth. I'm not saying that don't talk to anybody. In fact, I always encourage people to see, for example, some professionals in that area, like talk to a therapist, you know, someone who are expert in that area, counselor. Uh, but once you have already done those talking, you don't have to go around and talk to another 1,000 people because it just makes you feel good. So that's the second step. The third step is the hardest one. Stop thinking about it, which is easy to say, hard to do. Why? Because now you need to be conscious about it. It means that, you know, how does it work when you are alone driving and then suddenly those bad memories come to your head and it becomes like a Netflix series. You go through the whole things. And then by the time you reach to the end of it, you're already fully depressed, <laughs> you know? So, so this is the very important part. This is where the consciousness comes in. It means that the moment the memories comes to you, we have to intentionally stop it. We call it change the channel. So you just like distract yourself, call someone and talk about something else, play music, or sometimes you just can shake your head, you know, say like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. And you just distract yourself. That's why they say you cannot have a negative mouth and a negative mind and a positive life. These three doesn't go together. So it's very important actually to go through that. So here's the bottom line. The bottom line here is this, Victor. When you remove all the reminders, when you don't think about it, and when you don't talk about it, you know what will happen? You become a stronger person. It means that the goal is not to forgive, forget fast. The goal is for me to get stronger so that it doesn't hurt me anymore. Otherwise, if you ask someone to forgive and forget, frankly speaking, every time you're, you're going through, especially bad experiences, there is a new, new neural pathways has already created in your brain. You can't let it go. It's impossible. But you know what? When you don't keep go back to that neural path, the neural path is getting smaller and smaller. And after a while, you just it just doesn't bother you anymore. So now you can even can talk about that bad experience and you don't feel the pain. So true in so many ways. I love how you break that down, you know, because it is one of those things, you know, the reminders is always going to keep that fresh in your mind. And you brought up the neural stuff. It's going to easily excite those neurons and it's an all going to stay connected. Once you yep. break through that barrier, then you have the talking side, right? 
same thing. You're just, it, it's again, all neurology at the end of the day. And then and I love how you're like change the channel when you think, because that's where you're like, well, okay, you, you can trick your brain, right? Your brain be like, Hey, I don't, yep. it's not around. I don't talk about it anymore. Thumbs up. But in your inner dialogue, you always have it going on until you say, Hey, I gotta stop this. And then eventually over time, like you said, it just totally loses its energy. It loses, you lose the attachment to it, the energy to yep. it. And then eventually it's like, you have freedom. Yeah, you're not yep, held yep. back anymore. Just like the, the gentleman who had uh, uh, trust issues, right? He's yep, never going to have yep, never yep. going to have success uh, at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, at least with a team perspective, because he's like, well, I'll just work on my own. Then heck with all those. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Love that. Um, I'm going to take a step back here. I want to go back to the three cornerstones to talk a little bit about. So when we talk about in control, can people control their happiness? Oh, uh, you see, when it comes to happiness, it really depends on how do you define happiness because different people, they have a different definition of it. You see, in the book, generally, we talk about happiness by looking at it from longevity factors. Like, you know, so are you looking for something which is instant happiness? And uh, so you want to have an instant happiness. It's something that, okay, just go and, you know, watch some, uh, some movies, have a comedy show or whatever, and you can just make yourself happy. But that kind of happiness will just last for a very, very short period of time. There are certain type of happiness, which is medium range. It means that, you know, for example, like doing something that, uh, you know, it gives you some excitement. Like for some people, they say, oh, you know what? Every time I do exercise, it makes me feel good for at least, you know, a day or two. You know, I, I feel good. I do meditation. I would be fine for the whole day. But if you are really looking for a formula for a long term happiness, it only comes when you find your passion. So when you're finding your real passion in life, that is where exactly the long happiness comes in. And uh, the, the way one of the way, I mean, there are many ways to find your passion, but I think the best one, which I personally use it in my own personal life is Ikigai. So that's one of the best way to do it. Yeah, are you familiar with Ikigai, Victor? No, but can you, I love if you can share it with us and me and the listeners. So yeah, so Ikigai is uh, it's a, like it's a secret recipe of living a happy long life. That's that's like you know it's a Japanese method, which started in this uh, city in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, Ogimi. It's in Okinawa, Japan. So they went there. They found these people that actually all of them they are centenarian. Like 80% of the population in that city are all our centenarian. They live more than 100 years. And they just don't die, you know. It doesn't even die by accident. You know? <laughs> so, so they were, like, curious, like, what's wrong with these guys? Why do they live so long, you know? And then they did a massive study about it. And they found, like, there are so many health factors there. But there is one thing that stand out among all of them. And that was Ikigai. So, uh, if you know, this, this is a very long story if I want to go through it. But if you want to know what is your Ikigai, you just... Just need to ask yourself these four questions. This is the simplest I can explain it. So the first question is you just ask yourself, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? You know, something that, you know, when you do it, you enter to the flow, you know, and then you don't, you, you lost track of time and so on. So there are so many answers that you can talk about that. The second questions that they ask is that what is one thing that you are very, very good at it? It means that when you do it and people listen to it or look at you, they say like, man, you're good. You know, you do this so well. Right. And then you're like, okay, thank you. You know? So it means that it's not only about you. It is also about other people see it as your strength. So that's the second one. Now here's where the things get in exciting, Victor. The third question is that, so 
who needs your gift? It means who is your customer? You know, because like sometimes people say, oh, I love to uh, sleep, you know, but who is your customer at the end of the day? Nobody wants your sleeping, right? So what happened? The first two questions, it's kind of like a hobby, yeah? So now when it comes to the third and fourth questions, this is where to think this gets very exciting. The third question is that, so who is your customer? Who needs that gift? And the fourth question is that, how are you going to make money out of this? I just love it. You know, it just connects the, the passion and profession together, right? So most people, they know what is their hobby. They know what, is their, what, what they love to do and what people think they are good, but it's not their day-to-day -day job, you know? So what happened is that you say, oh, I love to do, for example, painting. But then what do you do in your life, uh, in your day-to-day -day job? Oh, I'm an auditor. So you see, they, what they love to do and what people say you're very good at is very different with the sources of the making money and all those stuff. So now here's where the Ikigai comes. They say Ikigai is the center of these four questions. So that's where the real happiness fall. So the reason these people, they managed to live such a happy and long life was all because of this masterpiece called Ikigai, which, you know, we talk about it in details in the book, how exactly you can find your Ikigai, but uh, it, it all fall back to these four questions. What do you love to do? What are you very good at? Who needs that gift? It means who is your customer and how are you going to make money out of it? I love that. I mean, because it's really like, you know, one of the things I always share is when I'm working with someone and they're trying to figure out like, I don't know what I love to do. And I'll say, what would you do for free that you just mm, you, you yeah. never get bored with? Yeah. We'll just do for free if you could. Oh, yeah. there's this or I would do this. I just enjoy it. Great. And then I love right. how you, you know, you go from there uh, to the element of what to do. And it was the second one again. I'm going blank right now. Ah. Uh, what, 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 what are you very good at? It yeah. So your gifts, your gifts, knowledge right? it. Yes. Yeah. Because I always say the second thing I'll share is like, what comes easy to you? What stuff that you can just grasp really quick? Like it's just, you don't mm. have to spend much time with it. Yes. And I'm like, those and are naturally, you, naturally, right? And I'm yeah. like, those are your, na those are your, those are, can those are usually your gifts. And so mm. then I just love that. Cause you ever hear, of, you ever hear of a book? It's a little different though, I think, but it's the same concept in a way um, called the blue zones. Blue zone. Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. So the blue zones is a book that looks at longevity in the essence of people who live to a hundred, the highest population of a hundred plus, but it's not mm -hmm. just getting to a hundred. It's living at a hundred and enjoying life. And they study people from Okinawa. And they're still in a good shape. Yeah. Good they're shape. Still in and good they, shape. And what they wanted to know what led them to that stage of their life. And one of the things out of the book is they studied people from um, uh, the, I'm going blank. Italy. Tell, uh, yeah. Italy. The, the, I'm going blank. What is the island? I'm going to Sardinia. And yeah, so, Sardinia. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think uh, now, now that you're explaining, actually, I, I think I've came, I haven't read the book, but I, I know about that study as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they looked at everybody and they, they kind of went through it and uh, long story short, they found out that one of the things was a driving purpose. Uh, there's mm, other magics yeah. too. Like they all had their own food, a certain food yes, or a certain yes, something they yes, had yes. and like all these other things. All, yeah. But yeah. you brought up something that I'm just tying together where uh, they talked about purpose and having mm. this purpose. Like some of them would say, being with my grandkids gave me a whole nother purpose in my 70s, 60s and 70s. The drivers. Yeah, the drivers. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it gave them a reason to continue to move forward and continue to live. Even if they had an ache or a pain, it's like, I don't care. 
I get to see that little one and be with yeah. them and be a part of the life. I'm golden. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just like, uh, the, this, this morning I was talking to this gentleman by the name of, uh, Dr. Ron Kaiser. Uh, so he's the author of this book called rejuvigating. Okay. It's a, it's a very new <laughs> word. It is, it's a, it's a word that actually he trademarked himself. And you know what, Victor, he is 84 years old and he's still practicing and uh, he's an author as well. And, uh, you know, when I was talking to him, I was like, you know, uh, that what's, uh, what, what is the opposite side of this rejuvenating? Meaning that, you know, it, it, okay, let me, let me say what exactly is the definition of it. Living a life with enthusiasm. Okay. So he said the opposite side of it, which he himself, well, you know, if you meet him, he looks pretty good. He looks pretty awesome, you know, at the age of 84. And then he said the opposite side of that is that people actually decline. People just decline. Can you imagine you live 80 years old and you are like crippled, you can't walk, you can't like do anything. I mean, seriously, man, if I'm at that age uh, and if I'm not in a good shape, I will, I will just like give up on myself already. <laughs> so, so, so I was asking him like, so what should I do so that I don't get to that point? Or at least when I get to that point, I'm in good shape, you know? So he, he got like a lot, all of like items that you need to do in order to build it up. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, I know for me, that's one of my passions got into health is just when you see people now talk about when you get older, right? Mm. You're going to have these issues. When you get older, watch, you'll see when you get to my age, you'll see when you get here. And I'm always like, mm -mm, not going to happen. Mm. I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. Yeah. Because when you focus on your health now, you're, yes. you're actually investing to have better health in your future. Correct. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and you know who Tony Horton is? No, I don't. No, he's a fitness guy. He's been around for years. He did P90X and all these other ones. And it's funny. I do a, I have a system where he is a coach in the program. This guy's mm. 63 years old, not 80, but he's 63. He mm. kicks my butt at 63. Wow. I'm 38. Right. And I look at yeah. him like, that's, that, that's my, like, I'm well, like we are the same age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I look at him and I'm like, this 63 year old's whooping me today. I'm like, that's good, man. I love it. Bring it on. Cause then mm. I'm like, that, that inspires me to look forward to have that. And you got to have that kind of looking forward uh, in yeah. that process. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the, the fact that you realize that you need to take care of your health, uh, it's, it's, it's a big thing by itself. This is another consciousness that unfortunately a lot of people, they don't have it, you know? So we always like talk about this uh, example that whenever, you know, you, you, uh, you, you enter into any airplane. So they give these safety instructions, right? So they always say like, you know, when I, I can't recall exactly what they say, but they say like, you know, when the oxygen and the pressure is down in the cabin. So if you have someone under your care, so what you need, to do you pull the mask you put it on the other person first then you put it on yourself is that correct Victor? the other way around the other way around very yes. good so they say like put it on yourself first then only you take care of the person next to you and it looks very selfish when you first listen to it right it's like hey how dare you say like that it's my kid i have to take care of them first they said nope if anything happened to you you are also part of the problem so when I first know the reason behind it, it was amazing. I mean, that's, that's amazing. If you know, a lot of people, they don't really take care of their health. They're just waiting for something happen to them. Then only they come to that realization that, uh-oh, when the doctor tell you that, hey, you know what? 
one more of this heart attack, I will see you in the graveyard, you know, or if you have just came a little bit earlier, I would have a much better chance to help you. So I hope everyone actually like take it very, very seriously. That is, that's why this, con uh, we call it condition, you know, in the book, which is one of the very important pillar that unfortunately a lot of people take it for granted. Because the thing, I, and I'm bringing this up only because you got the book called In Control, and it's like one of those things where you can't have control of your health. And, and it's one of those things where uh, the, the research is, is, the more research that's coming out showing we actually have even more control than we think. And mm, so, yes. and so it's one of those concepts, but I know I'm getting a little off topic from uh, what we you know here, but it's, it's just one of those <laughs> elements of, you know, in control, what else can we have for control and so forth, right? Um, I love it. Um, this has been a, this has been a blast. Dr. Reza, how can people find you, connect with you and, and you know, get your book, where is it located and, and see what you're up to and all the things that you do? Sure. Uh, so I am, I'm very active in almost like all the social medias, but mostly would be like on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, but also uh, the book itself is available almost in all the platforms from Amazon, Book Depository, whatever, wherever people are. So we are in like about 34 platforms. And uh, my website also is uh, rezaabraham.com. Uh, so I, I, I travel extensively. I mean, now, of course, uh, it's, it's lesser, but we still travel a lot. So we have, uh, you know, our workshops all, all around the world. We do. So, yeah, we would love to. But social media is always the fastest way. And I'm very responsive in my social media as well. Awesome. Doc, it, it was a pleasure. I love what you're talking about, what you're up to and all that you're doing. I appreciate you taking time to share with all of us here at The Mindful Experiment. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Victor. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.